0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is today's gospel from Luke chapter 12. I'll remind you again of these words of our Lord Jesus. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. This is the word of our God, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. How many of you remember that song? Let's have a show of hands. How many of you now have that song stuck in your head after hearing me talk about it this morning? How many of you are upset with me because now you have (laughs) that song stuck in your head this morning? You're welcome. Bobby McFerrin took that song to the top of the Billboard charts in 1988. It was the very first, or the highest, that any a cappella song had ever gone on the charts. And it's easy to see why the the song has a unique sound, it has an infectious melody, uh, and it has a positive and upbeat message. But here's the problem. Mr. McFerrin tells us not to worry. In fact, he tells us that over and over and over again, ad nauseum in the song, but he never really tells us why. He never really gives us a good reason to not worry and to be happy. And so his words really are no more than pleasant platitudes. They're kind of like the musical equivalent of patting somebody on the back and saying, there, there now, everything is going to be Okay. The word of God before us this morning gives us a much better reason to stop worrying. Jesus himself tells us, have no fear, little flock. Today, God's word gives us, I think, three good reasons to stop worrying, to have no fear. Number one, worrying, as Jesus tells us, is useless. It doesn't do us any good at all. It accomplishes nothing. Number two, our God treasures us. We are precious to him. And number three, since our God treasures us and gives us so many blessings in Christ, we are free to generously share our possessions without worrying about them. Let me begin here with another informal survey. How many of you will admit that you worry from time to time at least? Just about everybody's hands are up. How many of you lose sleep sometimes because you are worrying? Yeah, I think it's just a a common thing to everybody, right? Right? We all worry. Some worry more, some worry a little bit less. But we all worry from time to time, and we worry for a variety of reasons. We worry about our health. We worry about our nation. We worry about our kids and our grandkids. Uh, We worry about so many different things. But I think Jesus puts his finger on one of the biggest causes of worry for us. Our stuff. Material things money, food, clothing, shelter. We worry about the things that we have. We worry about the things that we don't have. And Jesus tells us just how foolish this truly is. He says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? You stop and think about it for a second. Exactly what do we accomplish by worrying? Well, bloodshot eyes and chewed fingernails and stress headaches and hearts that are just filled with fear. Jesus says you don't accomplish anything really by worrying. You can't even add a single hour to your life. In fact, I'd take it a step further. I would submit to you that I bet by worrying we actually take hours off of our lives. Because all of that lost sleep and all of that stress cannot be good for you at all. You see, worry focuses our attention on things that are beyond our control instead of focusing us on the one who is in control of all things and promises to rule all things for our eternal good. Worry is a problem because it basically says to God, Lord, I don't trust you. I'm not really certain that you're going to care for all my needs as you've promised. I'm just not sure that you are going to work out everything for my eternal good. Finally, let's let's call worry what it is. It's lack of trust in God. It's in a sense calling God a liar. And so worry is sin. And then that leads to another kind of worry when we hear that, right? Uh, God can never forgive the likes of me. I'm not good enough for him. God is certainly going to send me to hell. My friends, let me put that worry to rest for you. You are definitely not going to hell. Why? Because God sent his son to save you. And that right there, that is the cure for all worry. We have a God who loves us and forgives us in Christ. Listen again to the words of our Savior. He said, consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you you of little faith. Jesus, always the master teacher, uses two common everyday examples, examples just from everyday life, birds and flowers. And he says God cares for both of them. He cares for the birds. He feeds them. You know, sometimes we say of somebody trying to give them a compliment, oh, she eats like a bird. When really that should be kind of an insult because if you know anything about birds, they tend to eat their body weight, sometimes double their body weight, every single day to feed themselves and yet our Heavenly Father who created them has no problem feeding all those millions of ravenous birds. It's the same when it comes to the flowers. Flowers have a beauty, I think you would agree, that at times can just take your breath away. Even the so-called weeds that sprout up along the road and the ditches, some of those flowers have a beauty that are just truly remarkable and breathtaking. The Creator dresses these flowers. He makes them look as they look. He gives them such beauty that they even make King Solomon, in all his splendor, look like a hobo. Here's the point of all this Jesus says that God feeds the birds and clothes the flowers, but they do not matter to him like you do. Not even close. You are the object of all God's love and affection. I mean, birds and flowers, they're here today, they're gone tomorrow, birds die, flowers wilt. God, they are forgotten quickly. But God will never forget you. As I said, you are the object of all his love and affection. If you want proof of that, I'll give you proof. One word, Jesus. Jesus is proof that you are the object of God's love. Let me ask you, did God send Jesus... Into this world in our flesh to take the place of birds. No, he sent him into this world to take your place, to be your substitute, to live in your place the life that he himself demands, but that we could never ever give him, to live that perfectly holy and obedient life. And my friends, Jesus' perfect obedience counts for you, it does not count for the birds. Or think of it this way, did Jesus come into this world to die on the cross for flowers? No, God became man so that he could go to that cross so he could die for human beings, all of them. He went to the cross willingly for you. He even went to the cross willingly for me. And he stretched out his arms on that cross and he poured out his priceless blood to bleach the world clean of the terrible stain of sin. And my friends, his empty tomb That glorious, empty space is proof that everything he did for us, his perfect life, his innocent death, that it worked, that it counts for us. The God who feeds the birds feeds us with the precious food of his forgiveness. And the God who clothes the flowers clothes us with the robes of his son's righteousness. That's why Jesus could say, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. By our baptism, we are the children in God's forgiven family. We are citizens of His kingdom. We are heirs of eternal life. Now, is that enough blessing? No, not for God. The God who takes such excellent care of our souls also takes care of our bodies every single day giving us everything that we need and even more. He satisfies our hunger and covers our nakedness and puts roofs over our heads. He gives us everything that we need, our daily bread, and then so many more blessings. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Truly, my friends, an embarrassment of riches. And with all this in mind, with the fact that God takes such good care of us, Jesus says this, seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. In other words, put spiritual matters first. Make faith and forgiveness your top priorities. Give your focus and attention to God's life-giving word and sacraments. Focus on God's love and his concern for your soul, and then trust that he is also going to take care of your body. My friends, when we have our priorities straight in this way, when our focus is on those eternal blessings, which Christ won for us, then we are free, truly free from worry. Free from worry and free for service. Free to respond to a generous God with generosity of our own. Let me remind you again of Jesus' words. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes in, near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is there your heart will be also if we treasure material blessings worldly things above everything else then that's exactly where our hearts are going to be not to mention our wallets and our calendars and our energy and our effort and all of that focusing on those things is just a great big recipe for worry and for fear. You know, it's amazing how at times we can make ourselves slaves to our stuff. Years ago, I read an article, I think it was in Reader's Digest, and I still remember it to this day because the the point the author made just stuck with me. She said that every single thing that you possess, everything that you own, that you consider to be yours, is something that you have to pay attention to and take care of. Every last thing. Every knickknack has to be dusted and every article of clothing has to be washed and ironed and hung up and put away or, or whatever and on and on and on. In other words, the, the more stuff that you have to pay attention to, then the less time and money and focus and energy you're going to have for the things that are truly important. Now, of course, it's not wrong to have material things or even to enjoy them. In fact, the Bible says that God gives us everything for our enjoyment. But we dare not set our hearts on those things. We need to realize, my friends, that our worldly possessions, our worldly treasures, just simply don't last. Cars rust, and clothing wears out, and toys break, and the latest gadget that you bought from the electronics store is obsolete pretty much as soon as you set foot out of that store with that purchase. But heavenly treasures are different. The heavenly treasures that our Lord Jesus won for us last forever. They never wear out. In fact, Peter says about them that they can never perish, spoil, or fade. Since our God has given us such true, eternal treasures in Christ, all of them, since our God promises to care for all our needs, my friends, then we are free not to worry about those things. We are free instead to focus on others and care for them, to generously share what our God has given us. We are free to bring generous offerings to God's church for the support of gospel ministry. We'll talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. We are free to care for our families, focusing on their needs, putting their needs before our own. We are free to care for those in our community, and our circle of friends who are in need, uh, the poor, the sick, the marginalized, the mentally ill, whatever it may be. in this Thanksgiving, we're going to do that in a, in a very concrete way by gathering a food drive. And there'll be more information about that coming very soon. You see, every day, as God's forgiven children, we have the opportunity to show the world what is truly important to us, what is our greatest treasure. Jesus Christ is our greatest treasure. And my friends, His generosity to us frees us to be joyful and generous. Let's hear again from Mr. Bobby McFerrin. Ain't got no place to lay your head? Somebody came and took your bed? Don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style, ain't got no girl to make you smile? Don't worry, be happy. Cute song, fun to sing, and yet honestly pretty much meaningless. But my friends, look at the cross of Christ. Gaze into the empty tomb of your dear Savior. There you will find true meaning for your life. There you will find your greatest treasure. There you will find the cure for fear and for worry. Have no fear, little flock. Don't worry. Trust Jesus. Amen.